Hello and welcome to episode number four of Sports Chatter. This is your host, Ethan Birch. Today is October 31st, 2019, so happy Halloween to all. There is so much to talk about here on Halloween on 2019. In fact, the World Series wrapped up last night. It went the distance, seven games between the Washington Nationals and the Houston Houston Astros, excuse me, and the Washington Nationals won the World 2019 World Series, defying all odds. But that's not only what we're going to talk about today here on Sports Chatter. Of course, we have some NFL, and within that NFL, there the trade deadline just passed. So the trade uh, on Tuesday, the trade deadline passed. There's plenty to talk about there. Of course, I have my Week Eight summary, my Week Eight power rankings, and of course. My week nine preview. So there is a packed show for you guys today. Let's get right into it with a world with some World Series talk. To start off the talk here, I'm gonna recap a little bit about the World Series. Last week we had a chance to talk about games one and two, as the Nationals won both of them in Houston, which was shocking to most, shocking to a lot actually. Well, the Nationals handled business there, won 5-4 game one and 12-3 in Houston. So with all odds, we ended off last week's sports chatter pretty much saying that there's a real good chance that the Nationals win the World Series in Washington. Unfortunately, things went south for the Washington Nationals for as they lost games 3, 4, and 5 all in Washington. So this was the, only the third time ever that the away team has won the first five games of, of the World Series. Houston really handled business. In game three, they won four to one. They sent out, they sent out Zach Ranky to the mound. He gave, he dealt four and two thirds with seven hits, only an earned run. Had six strikeouts. Looked really good. The bullpen really handled business. Uh, James Peacock, Harris Smith, Joe Smith, and Roberto Ozuna finished it off there, combining for the nine innings and winning the game four to one in game three. Awesome performance out of those guys. It was really Robin Chirino, Scott the was on the offensive end. Michael Brantley, who had a very solid World Series, had a couple RBIs, including a Josh Reddick RBI. So Game 3 went Houston's way. Another one-run performance by the Houston pitching. They won Game 4, 8-1. Alex Bregman had an extremely good game against Patrick Corbin. He finished 3-for-5 with 5 RBIs, including a grand slam in the top of the seventh inning off Fernando Rodney that really put the icing on the cake and tied this series up. This was supposed to be a bullpen game for the Houston Astros putting in uh, your Gwitty to start. He was they few, I kind of thought of using him as an opener and use him maybe two, three innings. They got five innings of shutout baseball. Only two hits and four strikeouts. They got an ideal performance out of Yarguiti, which was insane, beyond expectations. James came in, gave up gave up a run, but Harris, Rondon, Peacock, and Davinsky finished it off. The national, the Houston Rockets tied the series 2-2. Game 5, also in Washington, the final game in Washington. And this is already when secured that we will be heading back to Houston. A 7-1 victory for the Houston the Houston Astros. Garrett Cole was back to Garrett Cole. Seven innings pitched, only three hits, one earned run, two walks, and nine strikeouts. He really pitched an awesome game, a rebound from game one where he was kind of, not going to say lit up, but it wasn't the Garrett Cole we would have been used to seeing. Awesome performance out of him. All they needed was Joe Smith and, and Presley to finish it off there. Awesome performance from from Houston. On the offensive end, very good again. 
George Springer got into the action, hit a home run. Correa hit a home run, and Alvarez hit a home run. Those were all two. Those were all two-run home runs. So, uh, so three two-run home runs seal the deal for the Washington for the Houston Astros. Excuse me. They're headed back to Houston for Game Six. Game Six did not go the way most expected. The Nationals ended up winning this game seven to two, but the storyline here was Justin Verlander. Justin Verlander, at 36 years old, has thrown three no-hitters, has been a, has a Cy Young Award winner. He is up for Cy Young this year. It's between him and Garrett Cole, most likely in the, NL, in the AL. excuse me. And all the hype was around Justin Verlander. The only thing he really hasn't done, other than throwing a perfect game, was this World Series. And in his previous World Series stats, he was 0 for 5 with a 5.71 ERA. So he's been in the World Series before. He's just unable to handle business. He had a rough start in Game 2. This was his chance. Up 3-2 in the series. In Houston, a real shot for Justin Verlander to make his mark on Major League Baseball as a whole and win the World Series, finally, under his name. So a quality start out of Verlander would have been ideal. Unfortunately, it did not go anywhere near Justin Verlander expected. And the top of the first, Rendon singled off Verlander. So it was already at one nothing early. The Astros were able to take the lead two to one after after a sacrifice fly by Jose Altuve and an Alex Bregman home run. Bregman's third of the World Series, and so there's so he he's, he was given a two to one lead. But however, in the top of the fifth, Adam Eden and Juan Soto both hit solo home runs to give the Nationals the lead. So Verlander was unable to hold on in Game Six. No more run support from the Astros. Verlander finished with five innings pitched, five hits, three runs, all earned, three walks, three strikeouts, and two home runs given up. The Washington Nationals were able to pour it on and win by a score of 7-2. to two. Juan Soto continues to dominate this league at 21 years old now, recently just turned 21. So now, Game 7, last night. Awesome game. Game 7, the two, the two sweetest words in all of sports. Game 7 went down just last night. It's, it was Max Scherzer versus Zach Ranke. So pretty much a, a, Hall of, a future Hall of Fame game. Cy Young Award winners going just head-to-head. Started in the bottom of the second when Yerli Gurriel took one, took a Max Scherzer slider into the left field bleachers, gave them a one nothing lead. The Nationals, the... The Astros would continue their offensive their offensive run in the bottom of the fifth when Carlos Correa lined a base hit down the left field line, scoring Yuli Gurriel. So two nothing Houston. Things are looking good. Granke is pitching insane. He makes one mistake in the top of the seventh inning. He gives up. He lo- leaves a low changeup, a one out changeup to Anthony Rendon, and he clobbered a home run. So cut the lead in half. Two to one Washington. Two to one Houston. Excuse me. Then we all know who comes after Rendon, and that is Juan Soto. Juan Soto puts up a really good at-bat, draws a walk, which also means Zach Granke is departing from the game. The Astros, who have heavily used Will Harris, he struggled, gave up a home run last night. They have Garrett Cole in the bullpen ready. They had Ozuna ready. They go with Will Harris. Will Harris goes against Howie Kendrick, the go-ahead run at the plate, and he gives up a two-run home run beaming off the right field's foul pole. The Nationals take a crucial 3-2 to lead and put up a three spot in the seventh inning. 
It was downhill from there. No stopping that Nationals offense. In the eighth inning, Juan Soto lined a base hit off Roberto Ozuna. There is no stopping Juan Soto. He is just an unbelievable baseball player and continues to show it every single night. It's ridiculous. And then a, then a base hit by Adam Eden. Scored two, six to two. The Nationals, the Nationals went to their closer, Daniel Hudson, and he finished it off. Struck out Altuve and Brantley to win the World Series for the for the Washington Nationals, defying odds across the board. And when I mean that, the Nationals started this season 19-31 and with the worst ERA in their bullpen by, in the league by far. Even the New York Mets had a better ERA in the bullpen at that time in May. But regardless, Nationals turned it around. They made some acquisitions in, during the season. And this team, their motto all year was stay in the fight. And they clearly stayed in the fight. To run down the story of the 2019 Nationals, they were down 3-2 in the wild card game against Josh Hader in the 8th inning. Josh Hader, one of the best relievers in baseball. He is actually one AL reliever of the year. They came back. Juan Soto had three a 3-RBI three double. Tied the, uh, gave the Nationals the lead. They ended up winning the wild card game. Then they were down 3-1 in the, NL, the NLDS against Clayton Kershaw in the 8th inning. Rendon and Soto went back-to-back, -back, tied the game, ended up winning on a Howie Kendrick grand slam in the top of the 10th inning. And now you're down 2-1, really 2-0 in the 7th inning of the World Series and Game 7 with Zach Granke on the mound. This is just an unbelievable ride for a team that has never been here before. The Washington Nationals coming into this year have never won a playoff series. The farthest the Na Washington Nationals have gotten was the NLDS, where they have been eliminated in Game 5 plenty of times. This time they get past it. They get past the Dodgers, sweep through the Cardinals, and beat the, the potential of dynasty of the Houston Astros in Houston. The away team won every game in the series. Four for Washington in Houston and three wins for Astros in Washington. It's just something you don't see. It's crazy how this ended up. Unbelievable World Series. Unbelievable ending to this season. This was a really good 2019. However, the World Series MVP went to Steven Strasburg. There really could have been multiple MVPs. Rendon had an awesome World Series. Of course, Juan Soto had a great World Series, but instead, it was given to Steven Strasburg. Steven Strasburg in the World Series pitched Game 2. Six innings pitched, seven hits, two runs, one walk, seven strikeouts, but got the win. He also pitched Game 7. Steve, excuse me, Game 6, where... He put together 8.1 innings pitched, 5 hits, 2 earned runs, and 7 strikeouts. He really was just so dominant in this, in this, in this World Series. Even the postseason, he, was, he really pitched so well. It was unbelievable watching Steven Strasburg pitch. His stats were ridiculous throughout the postseason. He had 5 wins. He had, he had 5 wins. He had a 1.98 ERA. And he had 47 strikeouts. He pitched phenomenal. What a, what a season. What a postseason for Steven Strasburg. In 2012, he was told he wasn't allowed to pitch in the postseason because of his injury. He was really upset. But now he comes out here in his postseason and just dominates. He struggled in the first inning a couple times. And they asked him what happened in the first inning after he gave a home run to Bregman. And... He said, I started shaking my glove because there's no way they could hit it. And actually, Alex Rodriguez broke down 
why is it so hard to hit Steven Strasburg? And it's the combination of his changeup, slider, and fastball. They look the exact same until the last second when they drop. The only one, only real player to get really get on Strasburg's back was Bregman. He took him deep twice within the two starts that he had in the World Series. But unbelievable. Congratulations to the Washington Nationals. Congratulations to Steven Strasburg. And the one thing I wanted to bring up was Justin Verlander. We talked about it before. If Verlander really needed to win this game to make his mark on MLB. Even though he did not do that, he is now 0-6 in the World Series. Will be known by that. Partially maybe a Kershaw 2.0 in the World Series. But is Justin Verlander still going to be known for what he is? And I think 110%. He will still be a Hall of Famer. It's just disappointing that he was not able to get this done. He's been the, one of the most dominant pitchers of this decade, of the decade before. We've seen plenty of pitchers walk through, and Justin Verlander each and every year proves to be a top five pitcher in the league. And it's unbelievable to see him do that, especially at 36 years old. He's put together a phenomenal season, and he will continue to do that. He's not retiring yet. And the Astros are going to bring back the same team they might even be able to add on. But the Houston Astros, don't count them out. Just because they lost this World Series, they won the AL and they are very capable of doing it again, and maybe years to come. So Justin Verlander, although he wasn't able to complete this World Series, he has a World Series title under his belt. Unfortunately, the contribution level wasn't high, and will not be high as of today, and as of next season, until next season. But we'll see, Justin Verlander will still be a Hall of Famer, and although his World Series performance aren't heroic and outstanding, he still will be known for what he is. Now, after that lengthy baseball talk, the baseball 2019 season is over, so that is all overall an awesome season. I really enjoyed watching baseball this year. I feel like every year I get to watch Major League Baseball. I understand the game even more and more every single year, so me watching it, I really enjoyed watching the postseason. I got to, I really got a nice chance to watch almost every single game, almost every inning, so I really enjoyed watching it. Unfortunately, I'm not too happy with the results, as I am a New York Mets fan, so... Washington Nationals is not my ideal scenario, but it was awesome to watch a team who's never even won a series before win. And also the fact that they gave they didn't, they didn't, Bryce Harper didn't want to sign back and and the Nationals immediately win a World Series. Honestly, that makes that's okay for me. That's enough for me, Bryce Harper, because I am not a Bryce Harper fan by any means. So now let's move on to NFL. The trade deadline just passed, but before we get into it, I just want to say that J.J. Watt is out for the season. It's so disappointing. J.J. Watt went went for the first couple years of his career without even getting injured, not missing a game. And now recently he's just been so injury prone. And it's so disappointing to watch. He is such a good guy. He does so much for the city of Houston. It just stinks watching what keeps on happening to him. But J.J. Watt is a torn pectoral muscle season-ending injury. The, the future Hall of Famer has now had season-ending injuries in three out of the last four years. It's just so terrible seeing this. He's now 30 years old. He has two more seasons left on his contract. And but it, I just we just all pray for JJ Watt. He dude, he does no wrong. He's just one of the best players in the league. And unfortunately his legs aren't holding up from his muscles aren't. So disappointing to watch him go. But let's jump into the trade deadline. So first we'll start with New York sports. The New York Giants and Jets have made the first ever trade between themselves in the history of NFL football. The New York Giants acquired former first-round pick Denard, 
uh, Leonard Williams, defensive lineman, in exchange for a 2020 third rounder and a 2021 fifth rounder. As a New York Giants fan, I am beyond happy with this. Giants need help on that front four, and Leonard Williams, he came out of USC, is a great defensive lineman. I am so happy, and the fact that we gave up two picks that were later picks are, is not even that bad, especially from a New York Giants standpoint. I love it. I was talking to some Jets fans. Didn't seem so pleased with it, as they, as obviously Leonard Williams is a great player. But who knows? I really am very satisfied as a Giants fan seeing that. Another standout move was Kenyon Drake from the Dolphins. Traded to the Cardinals. Interesting move. David Johnson's health hasn't been great. He has been on and off the field. But interesting in the fact that Chris Edmonds was so good. Um, has been playing so good. He had three touchdowns against the Giants. And... Now they just acquired a running back, from a good running back. Kenyon Drake is a good running back. He just wasn't in a too hot of a scenario in Miami, as we know, the winless Dolphins. But like the trade for the Cardinals, the Cardinals have a big game actually tonight that we'll talk about later. Tonight, I believe, they are, ta they are hosting the undefeated 49ers. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. Interesting move for the Cardinals. The New York... Not, not, excuse me, not New York. The New England Patriots signed Nick Folk because Mike Nugent just ain't cutting it, missing too many field goals, and that is not if you if you want to be in a Patriots uniform, there's no mistakes allowed, and missing extra points and field goals is no bueno for Mister Belichick in the New England Patriots. So Nick Folk, former kicker for the New York Jets, actually, so he will be in a Patriots uniform for now on this season, unless he misses a couple field goals, so they'll cut him inside someone else. Um, what else do we got? The 49ers, uh, no, excuse me, the Dolphins, very interesting trade. It's the last one I'm going to go over. Extremely interesting. The Miami Dolphins acquire a keep to leap and a fifth round pick for a future pick from the Rams. Very, very, very interesting. Not something I was expecting, especially an older player like a keep to leap, but it makes sense in the fact that the Rams are getting rid of his contract, but... It's weird that the Dolphins would take that. They must, I guess they like the fifth round pick. The Dolphins are racking up their picks, but it doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense to most, actually, because it's very confusing why a tanking team trades for a cornerback who's owed a decent amount of money. So I don't know what's good with that. We'll see, though. There might be a strategy behind it. But let's move on to my Week 8 summary. I will start off my Week 8 summary, as I usually do, with New York sports, and I will start with my favorite team, the New York Giants. And fortunately, the Giants took another loss this week. They lost 31-26 to to the Detroit Lions in Detroit. They now dropped to 2-6 and six on the season. Tough game for the New York Giants. Um, quick little summary. Quick little summary of the game. Um, went down 14-0 in the first quarter. Came back with two touchdowns in the second, one to Darius Slayton on a 22-yard strike from Jones, and then only eight minutes later, another 28-yard strike to Darius Slayton. So Slayton had two touchdowns today. Of course, the Giants missed the extra points, so they couldn't tie the game. Still down 14-13. Detroit would have a couple scores, including a 52-yard field goal from, from Matt Prater, make it 24-13 on National Tight End Day. Daniel Jones threw a two-yard touchdown to Evan Ingram. Brought the Giants within only five, but then a 41-yard touchdown pass from Stafford to Kenny Galladay. Galladay made it 
the Giants were able to tack on a four-yard passing touchdown to Saquon Barkley to go within five again, but unfortunately were not able to cover the onside kick, and the Giants dropped this one 31-26. But what I really want to focus on here is not the fact that the Giants are 2-6. and six. I want to focus on the fact that of Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones played an outstanding game, really. 28 for 41 with 322 yards and four passing touchdowns. He averaged almost eight yards per pass that he threw. Great numbers out of Daniel Jones. There's no nothing to be upset about for Daniel Jones. He's playing outstanding. Darius Slayton, also a rookie. Rookie wide receiver out of Auburn. Two catches for 50 and two touchdowns. As I said, those two touchdowns. Excuse me. But uh, Golden Tate. Great game, eight catches for 85. Um, Barkley had a really good game in the air, eight eight catches for 79 and a touchdown, but only but had 19 carries for 64. So the running game was unavailable for the Giants in this one. So it's unfortunate to watch this Giants defense be able to just collapse each and every game, especially when you're getting an offensive performance like you do out of Daniel Jones, but real high hopes for the New York Giants. The New York Jets also took a devastating loss. They continue to struggle. Darnold threw three interceptions in a 29-15 loss. They dropped to 1-6 on the season. The running game was also non-existent for the Jets. Eight carries for 23 yards for Le'Veon Bell. Um... Darnold just also had a fumble. It's just embarrassing, really. This Jets team is really falling into pieces. They tried to. They just traded away uh, Leonard Williams, as I said. They tried to trade Jamal Adams, and Jamal Adams literally said, "I'm not happy right now." Why would they do that? I'm the. He's probably the best player on the team. Um, but Robbie Anderson was trying to get dealt. Couldn't get anything for that. Really, the only trade they made was with the Giants. So. But the Jets, it's just disappointing watching these two New York teams just consistently lose like this. But the 49ers remain undefeated after a blowout win versus the Carolina Panthers. The 49ers are now 7-0 on the season. Jimmy Garoppolo, great game. 18 for 22, had 175 yards and two touchdowns. They had 51 points in this game. Blowout. What the highlight of this game, though, was not just the passing. And not just the defense, well, mainly the defense, but the rush, the running game. The game on the ground was unbelievable for the San Francisco 49ers. Tevin Coleman had only 11 carries, put up 105 yards and three touchdowns, including a 48-yard one. Mostert had nine carries, 60 yards and a touchdown. And Samuel had two carries, 29 and a touchdown. Brietta even had 11 carries for 35 yards. So unbelievable game on the ground for the 49ers. They continue to dominate that aspect. And the, the aspect they also dominate each and every week through seven weeks, eight weeks of this season, is that defense. Nick Bosa continues to shine. Four, sol- four tackles, all solo. Had three sacks. Hit the quarterback three times. Had an interception and returned it 46 yards before being tackled inside the 10-yard line. Crazy return by him. Richard Sherman and Mosley also had interceptions. Domination. I predict. I did predict the 49ers to win this game last week, but this was a blowout. The four, we, who knew the 49ers were capable of doing this, especially uh, when they won by small margins in these past couple games, past couple weeks. But great performance by them. The last game I want to talk about from last week that stood out to me was the Green Bay Packers went into Kansas City on Sunday night football, took them down 31-24. to Aaron Rodgers continues to shine. 
although there was no Patrick Mahomes, Matt Moore played a good game. It obviously would have been a much more different of a game. But still, in Kansas City, on primetime football, is never an easy place to play. Aaron Rodgers just keeps on getting the job done. There's no shortcuts around that fact. He went 23 for 33, had 305 yards in the air and three passing touchdowns. Aaron Jones had seven receptions, 159 yards and two touchdowns, two really long touchdowns. He also had 67 yards on the ground. But Jamal Williams and Aaron Rodgers put together the highlight of the night on a three-yard pass, which was voted so far the play of the season. Rodgers rolled all the way to his right off his back foot, threw it, and Jamal Williams somehow got his feet and bounced. That gave Green Bay the lead in the fourth quarter. Damian Williams would tie the game, but... With eight minutes left, the 67-yard pass from Aaron Rodgers to Aaron Jones sealed the deal, and the Packers move on to 7-1 and one on the season. How about the Packers, really? Speaking of 7-1 on the season, speaking of the Packers, let's move on to my Week 8 Power Rankings. For my Power Rankings, at number one, no change. The New England Patriots, big win against the Browns, taking care of business. Tom Brady plays this very solid game as he has throughout the season, as the Patriots just continue to do the work. they, Although they haven't played too great of teams, they dominate every game so far this year. There's been one, like, excuse me, close game. It was against Buffalo, but the Patriots' domination. At number two, I have the 49ers. They have moved all the way up to number two. As we just talked about, that dominating win over the Panthers, 51-13. Loved what I saw out of everything in that game. Although there was a Jimmy Garoppolo interception, that was probably the only flaw in this 51-13 to win. <coughs> Excuse me. At number three, the Saints I have. Breeze is back. The defense looked phenomenal in a 31-9 to win over the Cardinals. And I know you're going to say it's the Cardinals, but the Cardinals started off this season 0-3-1. Won three straight coming into this game, and the Saints were able to put them down where they should be. Great win by the Saints. Latavius Murray, phenomenal game, including two touchdowns, taking uh, taken in for Alvin Kamara for the second straight week. The Saints actually have a bye this upcoming week. The Packers, crazy win in Kansas City that we just talked about. They have them at number four. Not going to talk too much about that. At number five, I have the Baltimore Ravens. They had they had a bye week, so they'll stay where they are. But a huge game coming up for them. We will talk about that in a couple minutes. At number six, I have the Seattle Seahawks. Big win in Atlanta. 27, 27 to 20. Wilson, Russell Wilson and Chris Carson have awesome games all around. Seahawks continue to prove why they are one of the best teams in the NFC. Number seven, the as although the Buffalo Bills lost and moves them down in my rankings, however, only to seven. Josh Allen struggles tremendously, fumbled the ball three times. Although he only lost it once, still not good news for Josh Allen. Needs to get that back on track. At number eight. The Minnesota Vikings, Kirk Cousins, stepping up. And I remember ripping on him. Either it was on my podcast or on the VIC 91.7 FM radio station. I was ripping on Kirk Cousins earlier in the year. But he's been proving me wrong and won't stop. Although 19-9 to win on Thursday Night Football against the Redskins. I mean, it's the Redskins, but still, they are winless. Oh, they are not winless, actually. They are 1-7, so... Taking care of business. When you play those teams, you just got to take what you could get. At number nine, I have the Los Angeles Rams. Won the game at home against the Bengals. They, Cooper Cup came back 
phenomenal game for Cooper Cup, really. Cooper Cup had seven catches, 220 yards, and a touchdown, including a 65-yard touchdown on a triple flea flicker. I mean, it's just what you expect out of McVay at this point. That This team is so well coached that it's almost impossible for them to be a bad football team. It's crazy. But Cooper Cup, arguably almost one of the best performances this season by a wide receiver. Then at number 10, the team that I've... Oh, that I've been loving to watch and loving to hear about is the Indianapolis Colts. Great win against the Broncos. Maybe a little bit sloppy, but the Broncos' defense is good. Not high expectations for the Colts in this one, especially for their offense, but they got the job done. 15-13 to win. It was a game-winning field goal by Adam Venateri, a 51-yarder. No passing touchdowns for Brissett, but a Marlon Mack had a 10-yard touchdown, and then everything else ex- except for a Royce Freeman four-yard run was all field goals here and a 15-13 to Colts win. They come in at number 10 in my power rankings. For the final part of my podcast of Sports Chatter Episode 4, I will be going down the line for my Week 9 preview and giving my picks for Week 9. So the first one is tonight. As we said mentioned before, the 49ers are going to Arizona to face the Cardinals. So Thursday night football, the 49ers remain at 10-point favorites for this one. As expected, I expect them to win tonight. As long as they can apply pressure and contain Kyler Murray, they will win this game. Their defense is very capable of doing so. The running game will be big for the 49ers again, as they proved last week that they can really handle that. So Thursday night football, I had to have the 49ers over the Cardinals. Sunday, let's start it. The game in London, 9.30 a.m. is the Texans versus the Jaguars. The Texans should be able to win this game. 5-3 and three really does not show how good this football team is, in my opinion, at all. Deshaun Watson is a fabulous quarterback. He's got weapons, and I expect him to show that this weekend in London. Redskins versus the Bills. The Bills home, 9.5-point favorites. Expect the Bills to win this one with ease. Redskins not haven't showed anything this season at 1-7. and seven. The Panthers are hosting the Titans. This is actually a really good game here. Two very balanced teams. Um, I believe the Tennessee Titans. No, the Carolina Panthers are three and a half point favorites at home. Kyle Allen has been playing very good. Obviously, they came off that massacre against the 49ers where they were destroyed, but Kyle Allen, Christian McCaffrey, they could they could easily win this game at home, and I expect I do expect them to win indeed. The Kansas City Chiefs hosting the Vikings. This is a good one. We shouldn't have Patrick Mahomes yet back yet. Minnesota is actually favored in this game in Kansas City. Kansas City has did play a good game against the Packers. So I'm gonna go, I'm gonna take the Kansas City and in, in, I guess, upset considering the, the line here in this game. So I'll take the Kansas I'll take Kansas City at home. Um it's actually I think it's an even line right now, so or it just wasn't released yet to ESPN. So I did, I did talk a lot very highly with the Vikings, but it's going to be a tough game in Kansas City regardless, so I'm going to go with the Chiefs. Jets versus Dolphins. Now, <laughs> now this is an interesting one. The 1-6 Dolphins face the Owens. The 1-6 Jets, excuse me, face the Owen and 7 Dolphins. Uh, I'm going to go with the Jets here. This should be a game where the Jets win. The Jets are capable of winning football games. We saw them beat Dallas. I mean, Dallas is a really good football team, arguably a top team in the NFC. They should be able to beat the Dolphins, and if they can't beat the Dolphins... Ugh, Jets, you are in trouble. Now, the next one is the Eagles hosting the Bears, and this is a very good one. This could be a 
future playoff matchup potentially. Uh, I will have the Eagles winning this. Chicago's been struggling. Trubisky is, in my eyes, not a good quarterback. He has not been good by any means, by on any lines this year so far. It's been borderline embarrassing watching Mitchell Trubisky play, and he's been extremely disappointing for the Chicago Bears. So I'm going to go Eagles at home, four-and-a-half-point favorites. The last 1 o'clock game is the Steelers hosting the Colts. The Steelers now 3-4 and four, have not been playing terrible. They're home. They are only the the Colts are one point favorites, but I'm gonna go with the Colts here. I think Brissett has a really good game. I think he gets T.Y. Hilton involved a lot in this action, in this game. So I'm gonna go Colts in this one. Uh, for the four o'clocks, the first one is the Raiders hosting the the Lions. This is also a really good one, but getting a good glimpse at the Lions last week as they played the Giants. I'm gonna go with the Lions here. Upset actually. Um, there are two-point favorites, the Raiders are, so I'll go upset here, Lions. Our next 4 o'clock game is the Seattle Seahawks hosting the Buccaneers. This should be a very nice win in Seattle for the Seahawks. They are four-and-a-half-point favorites. I have them winning with ease against the Buccaneers. Um, so two more 4 o'clock games, the Broncos hosting the Browns. This will be an interesting one. Broncos' defense is good, but... They have over two and six. Cleveland's two and five, coming off playing the Patriots, so they're a little scarred from that probably. But oh, I'm just looking at there's no Joe Flacco for the Denver Broncos, so you got to go with the Cleveland Browns here. But I'm looking at Baker Mayfield's stats so far this season. This is terrible. 132 for 229, 1600 yards, six touchdowns and 12 interceptions. I mean that's that's horrendous. I'm sorry, that's that's bad, but. Uh, I'll take the Browns here just because of no Flacco and I think overall better team. Um, for last four o'clock game, this one starts at four twenty-five. The Green Bay Packers are going to the San Diego Chargers. So, excuse me, the L.A. Chargers. Um, I will take the Packers. I'm so high on the Packers this season. They've been playing so good. Rodgers has been tearing it up. I expect another big game out of Aaron Rodgers, and now they're a good game. Sunday night football. In Baltimore, the New England Patriots come to town. The New England Patriots remain at three and a half point favorites. You gotta go with the Patriots. I would never bet. I don't. I don't bet, but I would never go against the Patriots or bet against them in any scenario, especially how good this team is. They are eight and zero on the season, and they have ran through opponents. This is their first real test, though. Lamar Jackson is up for it. They have had over a week to prepare with their bye week. Now Sunday night football. This is the game to watch this week. If you could pick any game, this is it. Crazy. I don't know what's going to happen. I really don't. But if I had to pick, I would go with the Patriots. This is I'm so excited. This is the game of the week right here. Anyway, Monday Night Football is my New York Giants hosting the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys are 7.5-point favorites. I do think this is upset. This can be prime upset time. If you are looking for an upset, this is it. Give me the New York Giants on Monday Night Football in New York against a struggling Dallas team. Yes, they're coming off a win, um, but still, I want this. This is a damn a division matchup. You never know what happens in the division matchup. This is a chance. The Giants defense could hold up. Give Dan, get, put the ball in Daniel Jones' hands. Dish it off to Saquon Barkley. Move the ball to Golden Tate. Evan Ingram, get them all involved. Darius Slayton, get them involved. And this Giants team has a chance at winning. I really do think so. We'll get back to you guys about these results next week and my predictions. That's actually going to do it for my podcast. 
This is wrapping up episode four of Sports Chatter. I hope you all enjoyed listening. Thank you. Happy Halloween and have a wonderful week. Thank you.